1: Thanks to Sana Skin Studio for supporting The No Podcast. Sana is a skin studio that is shifting the relationship with your skin and your products through goal-driven facials, real guidance, and clean skincare. Stay tuned for our promo code so you can receive $25 off of your first facial at Sana Skin Studio. Welcome to The No Podcast with me, Nikki Spo welcome everyone you are listening to the
2: know where it is not about knowing everything it is about coming to know ourselves i am your hostess nikki Spo, and i am happy you're joining me today for a great conversation with a wonderful beauty and wellness expert but before we hop into this convo don't forget to subscribe to the show and if you are feeling called to it would mean the world to me if you left my show a five-star rating and a review Right, so Shiri Sarfati is a beauty and wellness expert, as well as a licensed esthetician. She is the founder of 23 Skin, a beauty brand based on natural and clean ingredients that provide spa quality results at home, and is a partner and executive vice president of her family-owned professional skincare brand. She has been quoted and featured in Ocean Drive Magazine, The New York Times, Wall Street Journal. Beauty Independent and on CNN, CBS, and Fox, and has authored articles for Observer.com and ThrivesGlobal.com. She is a passionate and knowledgeable presenter and has been invited speaker to aesthetics conferences around the world. Sherry earned a master's degree in cosmetic and fragrance marketing and management from the Fashion Institute of Technology. And as a native New Yorker, she now lives in Miami with her husband and two children. Shiri wants women to feel amazing about their skin, and she aims to help people get healthy skin through good skincare practices, at-home care routines, and professional treatments. Her thought is that we don't need to buy into the societal pressures of looking perfect, and that skincare should be about wellness and feeling good and glowing from the inside out. I love this so much. So with that, let's get started with Shiri Sarfati.
3: Welcome, Cheery. I'm so excited you're here. Thank you so much, Nikki. I am thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me on.
2: Absolutely. I'm I'm excited to talk. We were talking about this before, but
3: I cover a lot of really
2: heavy topics on this show, and it's just so nice to be able to talk about things with a little more levity and, and excitement, and especially in the space of wellness and skincare, I think as women, a lot of us feel a lot of pressure to be beautiful based on what society deems as such. And I think instead of feeling upset or angry or like having some sort of like animosity towards it, we can find our own way and determine what that feels like for us as individuals. So I'm, I'm going to be really interested to hear what you have to say. But before we get into that, how did you even get into the skincare space? I know that you mentioned that you have, your family has a beauty brand that you are the exec, executive vice president of. So how did that come to happen?
3: So my mother actually founded her company in 1980. So it's just a baby. Who knows to her? Clap it up for a working mom who kicked ass. Hustling, hustling mom. She worked um, tirelessly, you know, growing up. I was always around the business. So it was kind of like she had her own spawn Manhattan and I'd be there by her side. You know, I remember even being your kids ages five and six and I had no idea I was giving a hand massage to like the beauty director of Vogue at the time. I had How no, real? I had no idea what I was doing. I just wanted to be around it. And at the time she was building a, a professional skincare line called Repichage. Uh She was traveling a lot, which exposed me to international travel at a very young age. So, how amazing is that? By the time I was like 23, I had already visited over 25 countries. Oh. It was always around business, right? There was there was pleasure involved in the trips as well, but I was already being exposed to international distribution, trade shows globally and just participating and I think that growing up in an entrepreneurial environment led me to be very entrepreneur, I feel like being an entrepreneur is a mindset. So at first she had an office in Manhattan and uh, she was growing out of the office. And in 2000, they bought a building in New Jersey. So about nine miles from Manhattan, where I grew up. I grew up in Manhattan and we started uh, manufacturing, building out manufacturing in the US. So for now over 23 years, we're USA based manufacturers. So we own and operate a 50,000 square foot manufacturing facility, laboratory, research and development laboratory. We do our own um, raw ingredient extracts. So we sustainably harvest our seaweed off the coast of Maine and we do our own proprietary extraction process. So everything from the raw ingredients um, all the way through to final manufacturing all happens under one roof. And today we're a global entity. We're in over 50 countries around the world. So when I was little, when I was four years old, I fell in love, four or five years old, I fell in love with uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And anyone asked me, what do you want to be when you grow up? I My, my canned answer was always, I want to own an, a chocolate factory just like Willy Wonka. I'm like, did you want to be Willy Wonka? You're like, I want to be Willy Wonka. <laughs> and today I feel like Willy Wonka, except instead of chocolates, it's skincare. But I still love my my dark chocolate. I love that. So you
2: mentioned something that stood out to me is that you were exposed to an entrepreneurial lifestyle from the time you were a child. Like that, that is very foreign to me. Like I grew up in a home where my mom was... A part-time substitute teacher, and my dad was a firefighter. So, like, essentially, they both like worked for the government. We lived a very modest, safe, predictable lifestyle, which is much different than being an entrepreneur. And so, now for myself, as I am an entrepreneur, right, I'm like, I don't have a lot of immediate examples of like what that looked like in my life, and I'm kind of having to like scrap it together. And something that you said that I want to point out that I think is so key is that being an entrepreneur is a mindset. 100%. Yeah. What is that mindset? You're kind of wired differently.
3: Some people are just, you know, very, I don't want to say comfortable. They're comfortable in, you know, having the W-2 at the end of the year, you know, paying their taxes and having a family vacation and they're content. You know, they want that stability. Right. In, that was mind breaking that, and like, I'm not knocking it either. Sorry. No. Like, I'm not knocking
2: Like, that was my upbringing. It was nice. We went on vacations. We went on multiple family vacations. It was,
3: it was like safe and predictable. Correct. And that's great. I mean, when you take the leap to become an entrepreneur, nothing is given. Like, you do not know where your next paycheck is coming from. You do not know, you know, if you, hire people if you can pay them or, you know, if you're going to make payroll every single week. So, and especially as you grow your business and you scale your businesses, those realities become very intensified. We are a completely independent family owned and run business. So we don't have outside investors and cash flow is a big thing when you're independently owned and run. And we have today over 50 people that work in our company and their families rely on us. Every single week, right? It really there is that sense of responsibility, right? Because you're not only now responsible for yourself, but you're responsible for others. And um that that risk, right? There's definitely a risk involved. And entrepreneurs are always saying how they feel like they're always, you know, they're always running. They're always yeah. on the go, right? right? They're always because they always feel like there's someone behind them that is gonna come and get them. And it's not that it's just that mindset of you have to constantly be changing, evolving, being in a a company that's been around for over 40 years. I mean, we've seen it all. I mean, I remember I was starting my career and my family business in 2001, like right after 9-11 and the world was upside down. And then in 2008, we had a huge economic depression. Every time something happened, what was great is that we weren't so huge. We were small and nimble enough that we could immediately respond, immediately adapt, immediately change. So so I remember in 2008, you know, when everything kind of collapsed under our feet, Rents were skyrocketing in New York, and then businesses were going out. And we said, Who's going in for a $350 facial? Right? Like our clients, right. what are we going to do to support our clients? And at the time, what we decided to do is say, Let's create a facial bar concept. We really like almost created this category for our spot clients to say, Run with this concept. You're going to do quicker, more express treatments that are more affordable, but you're going to get your clients in. Quicker, maybe weekly instead of monthly. And it really becomes an affordable luxury and something that you do on more of a regular basis. We really wanted to transform the idea of taking care of your skin as something I do on only special occasions. Skincare is a part of healthcare and it's a part of hygiene, it's part of personal care, and it's something that you can do for yourself on a regular basis. And obviously today, We see so many of these types of concepts. So I'm really happy to see that movement grow, especially in spa wellness and skincare.
2: Yeah. And I think like what you're talking about when in regards to 2008, we saw it happen in COVID, right? Right. Like how many people were now buying skincare to do at home, like nail kits to do their nails at home, like to... That, yeah.
3: Everything I was buying was like, so I could maintain myself at home. What was incredible about that is that almost 2008 had to happen because people started taking care of themselves more. But then COVID hit. Now we already knew about going out to take care of ourselves, but now we were bringing it home. And that was a whole paradigm shift as well, especially in our industry as many of our spas just couldn't open their doors. Right. And so we had to give them tools to say, well, what can you do? How can you um, help become almost this skincare consultant where you can do virtual skincare sessions with your clients to keep them engaged and offer them professional skincare results that they can do at home. So what really became very popular during COVID were all of our tools, like our beauty tools. So like our handheld LED device, EMS skin sculpting, all of these professional aspects that we can bring to our clients at home, it doesn't take away from the professional experience. It actually brings our clients closer to it because if you're taking care of your skin on a regular basis, you understand the importance of it and you're more likely to also enjoy going into the spa and having someone else do it for you from time to time as well.
2: So from an entrepreneurial standpoint, because I know that I have a lot of... Um, Entrepreneurs who listen to this show, I'm really interested in learning how you pivoted. Now, and I want to get, I want to give you like a small example from my own personal life, like me starting this business. Right, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm not familiar with like the entrepreneurial lifestyle, as I mentioned. Right, and I've had people who've bet on me, like who've doubled down on me, believe in what I'm doing, and they've, and thank goodness they've been able to like they believed in me, and, and it and it works. Like their belief in me worked. But then I'm like, okay, now I'm high, now I, my business grew. So now I feel you when you talk about like the running like someone's chasing you. I've had to really broaden and scale myself. Like, okay, well, what else? What are my other services? I am a mediator. I moderate panels. I, you know, host IMC events. Like these are the other things that I do. That like that is the product. In your skincare world, right? How do you pivot and say, okay, this is no longer our product. We have to we have to figure
3: something new out. Yes. And those changes are really hard to do sometimes because sometimes they go against some of your core values that got you to your original place. Okay, exactly. And that's hard. It's very hard. It takes courage to do because you you can say, oh, I can completely alienate the group of followers, right, that have bought into my product or my service or have started listening to me by doing this one thing but I know in my gut that I have to do this thing in order to push me to the next level it's so crazy I'm going through something
2: like that right now where I'm like I can do this one thing that will give me so much a much bigger platform do I want to do this one thing and I have to I'm really wrestling with myself right now because I'm like I know that I could help more people ultimately the goal is to help more people right like For you and your line of work, you want to help more people take care of themselves. Like that's the end goal. So what are we willing to do to get there? And how does that bump up and cause friction between
3: our brand ethos, our own integrity and the ultimate brand mission? Well, I also think that, you know, sometimes obviously we have these environmental stressors and we really have to dig deep and say, what do I need to do at this moment in order to accelerate and know where I'm heading towards. And those pivots are are game-changing. Sometimes it's these, these shared experiences, kind of these shared universal truths that we're all experiencing. And sometimes they're a little more micro. Sometimes there are specific situations that happen to us as individuals. For example, when I first moved down here to Miami because of my great network of alum alumnas that I graduated with in my master's degree program at FIT. Um, someone knew that they were looking for a marketing executive at a beauty company down here in Miami. And my name rose to the top of the pool. And suddenly I'm in this interview. And at the time, I really wasn't, I was, was consulting at the time. I really wasn't looking um, an interview but I always also think never say no just right. just go right just okay. show up and, and it's great so I'm at this interview and I end up across this um female executive and we're chatting and we're talking and it seems like this is gonna be great and suddenly she she said what made you move to Miami and I just tell her candidly you know I had my two boys in New York City and we are literally just busting at the seams. I think like I had to crawl over three strollers just to get into my apartment at the time. And the person sitting across the table from me who was interviewing me for this job just went blank and was like, oh, you're a mom. Oh, I didn't realize you were a mom. Yeah. You know, we don't really do well with moms here. I mean, we're just such, it's such an intense environment. I mean, we have one mom who works for us. But it's really difficult for her. I mean, coming from New York, coming from working with and living side by side with my mother, who was such an inspiration, who did it all, I just couldn't understand what I was hearing. I just, I just, I just did not understand how this person could even say these words to me. I mean, forget about the legality of the whole right. thing. And I walked out of that interview. I remember calling up the headhunter and I was like, you're lucky. I am entrenched in the beauty world i know a lot of people in the industry but i'm not going to do anything but you should coach people on what they can and cannot say in an interview process i'm like what the fuck? like i right? Can year? you imagine this is like my first kind of corporate job experience you know in miami I have to say that moment, I was like, I don't want to work for anyone, you know, unless it's my own family business or I'm going to start my own thing. And that was really the impetus for me um, founding 23Skin because I said, you know what? I just want to do it on my own. I just, you know, pivoted. Just taking that one example was like, okay, stop. Yeah. Well,
2: kudos to you for doing that. But clean beauty is like very, it's like buzzing, right? Like clean beauty, clean beauty. That I find personally in my opinion that it's become like borderline untrustworthy like you still really need to dig deep on the clean beauty stuff and like defining
3: what that is. How do you navigate that? When I originally started the line, I basically said I I didn't even call it a clean beauty line. I actually called it a do-it-yourself skincare line. I originally launched just with high ingredients that are powders, so powder formulations where you mix the water and you create your own scrub. I have something like that. I actually have something like that where I create my
2: own like little serum with a powder and a this and a that.
3: Exactly. The truth of the matter is the second you introduce water into a product, you have to preserve it. There has to be a preservation ingredient or you're going to grow mold. You know, you're going to end up infecting many, many people that buy your product. So I just kind of said, well, why not do what we do in the treatment room? Because what we do in the treatment room is we literally have powders and liquids that are all sealed. We open them up and we mix them in a rubber mixing bowl and then we apply them on the skin. And I said, how do I take that idea and bring it to that busy mom who doesn't have time? And really my my ritual became my nighttime skincare routine. Like When the kids were sleeping, they were in bed, the lights were out. I was like, oh, I finally have some breathing space. Totally. And that's kind of where it started. And now I'm moving in towards like one of our, you said this yourself, you know, sometimes you're like some of the people that embrace you very early on, they're the ones to, you know, create the wind beneath your wings. And very early on in launching my company, I had some incredible celebrities and influencers just organically start talking about it. I had no idea. So one day I'm getting an email through my website, and it's like, "Sherry, you're completely um, sold out on Amazon." I'm like, "That's impossible. I just sent in a huge shipment to Amazon. That can't happen." You know, I'm still this startup, and she's like, I, "She's like, well, you're on the first page of Today.com as Camila McConaughey's." Favorite natural skincare product. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? What sound? I had no Girl, Shiri, I like, you know, like we just met here and I'm so happy for you. Like I love this for you. I love this for you. Oh, so hell yeah. Hell yeah. I just had no idea that was even happening. I had no heads up and it was so organic. And it's like, those are the moments where you're just like, yes. I'm on the right track. I'm doing the right thing. Keep going, pushing yourself. And then COVID hit. So for me, COVID was um, a really tough time for kind of my startup because at that moment, I felt obligated to go and really focus on my family business and not put so much time and attention in my own line. Why? Because that was safer? it wasn't safer. I felt the need to help to just go in and help make sure that the brand was going to survive Yeah, all of our spas closed. So all of our clients that were buying spa products were no longer able to purchase products. And what I did, I shifted the brand and really doubled down on online sales and the internet sales really exploded at that time, but it was just me. I had no team. I, it was just me sitting there in the front of the computer till three a.m. It was a wild, wild time, and I now have some breathing room. You know, bringing back my team together and now going in and and kind of realigning with Twenty Three Skin and actually taking that product that Camila uh, Alvis McConaughey really loved, which was this raw seaweed powder. And I took the, the recipe, the do-it-yourself recipe, and made it into a bar
1: soap. This conversation is so good, but before we keep going, I want to take a minute to thank our sponsors, Sana Skin Studio. The best way for me to describe Sana is that it feels like coming home. Unlike traditional facials, Sana's facials are rooted in education, and I love this so much. Every experience I've had at Sana has been a chance to learn more about my skin and its needs. I love that the facials are effective while also being accessible enough to be a monthly ritual rather than a yearly splurge. I'm honored to be able to provide our audience with a promo code. Use the code Glow for $25 off of your first facial at Sana when booking via sanaskinstudio.com.
2: You said something that stood out to me. Pay attention to wins, right? So like Camila McConaughey loves your stuff. That's a win. What's the importance of paying attention to the wins, no matter how big or small, in like staying motivated to stay true to your mission, to keep going with your mission? And like, how do we see them in a world that is so
3: competitive? Honestly, it is top. It's kind of like you get the small win and then you're like, okay, what's the next win? Like you're never, never satisfied, right? And it's true. I'll be honest with you. Me being on your podcast right now is a win for me. I love that. It is important to celebrate those those wins because those are what lead you to the next win or the next the next big thing. And I, I'm I'm really you know fortunate to say that you have to ask for it. If you don't ask, you're not going to receive. Right? Closed mouths don't get fed. Yeah, you can't just sit back and say, "Oh, I wish I was on that podcast." It's like no, you got to chase it, girl. You got to go out and get it. And the more you do of it, the better you get at it. Right. Like I also feel a lot of people say, I'm so timid to talk. I can't do so and so and so. And I just stop saying you can't do it. I'm going to help you get there. Right. Even for me, you know, getting in front of doing social media sometimes is a struggle. You know, it's it's not, you know, I want to do it. I feel like I'm I'm good at it, but it takes Those people that are cheerleading you on and saying, Sherry, yes, the content you're dropping is great. We love your advice. We wanna hear more of it. So keep going. And those people are the ones that are rooting for you. So just keep surrounding yourself with those cheerleaders.
2: What about facing like when you're in a rut? Like how do you get out of the rut? Like when you just get like so many hits, how do you find the inspiration to pull yourself
3: out of that? (laughs) You have to love on yourself too. You know, you have to believe in yourself and have people around you that believe in you. I mean, I have to say my my husband, he's like my partner in life and my business partner and everything partner. And he is the one who's who's also being my champion. He's like, you got this. Go do it. You can do it. You know, don't worry. Or, you know, if I have to go on a trip or I have to go in front of people and I can't be there. Maybe at home or with the kids or something. He's there to say you do what you need to do, and I'm gonna help you here where you need some support and help. And finding that relationship is really important because you end up uplifting each other at the end of the day, but you're really helping each other get through it. And listen, I went through some health complications. It really stopped me dead track, and I said, "Oh my God, what what is happening?" You know, I've always been Healthy and vibrant, and something just stopped me in my tracks health wise. And I said, Oh, I have to figure out what's going on. And I called my sister, and she was like, You need to see an acupuncturist. I was like, Oh, okay, great. I know one in Miami. I'm actually really good friends with Dr. Elizabeth Trotner out of Helia House. And I was like, I'm going to call her. And I just started going for acupuncture sessions. I'm just taking that time to do something for myself and literally just sit in a room by myself with needles in my head and my feet and my stomach. But breathing, deep breathing, closing my eyes, I never get to do that. And that led me to start doing other things, right? So sometimes it's like taking care of one health thing Leads you to do other things, and I signed up for Pilates classes all of a sudden. You know, I'm I'm reaching out to my estheticians that I work with, and I'm booking treatments with them. Like I maybe I don't always have to be working; I can also treat myself. We're in the spa and wellness world, but are we fully taking advantage of it? Are we walking the walk? And sometimes something, you know, happens to you that makes you shift and say I need some self-care. I hope that everything's okay with your
2: health. yeah thank thank goodness and you know being a person for me who what I promote is essentially my brand, right like I am I am the product. I definitely find myself like having to walk the talk you right like the things that I talk about I'm like, you better. Be ready to back this up with your actions, girlfriend. I can totally relate to that. And you mentioned something about partnership. And I want to mention that the bread and butter, the people, my demographic that listens to this show is split pretty evenly between it's like 30 percent and thirty percent. It's the 25 to 35 age range and the 35 to 45 age range. These people, mostly women, based on like on the data that that I collect from hosting these shows are getting married they are having children they are raising children so when you talk about having a partner who is supportive i think that is so key because if you don't have a partner who's able to do that for you like a person could feel very alone in the world and i and i want my listeners to hear that you know and it's okay to say to your partner i need more from you right now Whether that's in the parenting space, whether that's in the work space, whether that's in like, you know, like leveling the playing field of how we're going to how we're going to make a family unit work. Right. Because every family unit has its own set of rules as more and more women are joining the workforce. And we see more and more women who are like, I would like to do something outside of the home. Maybe it's start a business and maybe it starts off as a hobby that turns into a business, you know. And then that business starts taking off and picking up steam. You really do need supportive partner family members whatever like friends who are in your life to say I believe in you and I think you're doing the right thing
3: yeah and look we we don't really have we were a pretty small family unit because we moved down to Miami my husband's family's in Toronto my family's in New York and so we moved down here and we're like, this is it like we got to be super strong for each other because and I think it really made us stronger. And that was really an intense time in in our life. But, you know, then COVID hit. I feel like a lot of people either write sunk or swim, right? They were either stronger or they got divorced. Like there there was a lot of that in my friend pool as well. I've had several relationships um, throughout my 20s. And I remember writing a list, right? Like I remember my friend coming back from some retreat and she was like, oh, you have to write a list. And you have to put down everything that you want from your partner. So I wrote the list. And my initial list was everything about the person that I want to meet, right? It was, oh, I want someone tall and, you know, they should be well, well-traveled well and smart and, you know, just all these superficial things, right? And I met that person. And I was with them for quite some time. <laughs> and I realized that person was not right for me. Like, thank goodness, nothing came out of it at the end and I came to the realization I mean I remember at one point saying oh my god I, I can't imagine like I'm doing so much in this relationship and I can't imagine having this person like introducing kids and and doing the whole real life thing with this person because I'm just I'm exhausted we broke up and I wrote a new list I like brought my paper and pen down and I wrote the list and I wrote the list and I said I want to meet someone who is good to me, makes me feel beautiful, makes me feel loved, you know, is a good person. And the whole list was about me. (laughs) I (laughs) love this. I love this. And I met that person, which is my husband, Lawrence. That is something I tell a lot of young women that are looking to be in a relationship. Really, it's not about them. It's really about you and how that person makes you feel because in the long run that's what matters 100
2: so we're gonna wrap up pretty soon Shiri. but before we do that i want to like take some time to talk more about the beauty stuff right because i, I lo- i've loved talking about all this entrepreneurial things because i think that's like what people really want to hear yeah. like, yeah. We're, we're, like the, these listeners are like they're like how do i start this business how do i sustain this business how do i pivot in this business But what are your thoughts on the ever-changing beauty standards of society? They're different everywhere. When I initially moved
3: to Miami, it's kind of like, oh my gosh, it's probably so much different than New York. So different than New York. It's kind of these impossible standards of beauty. I feel like in Miami, it's like more is more, more is more, more is more, and the pressure is so real. I mean, I know I'm in the beauty industry. I feel the pressure, you know, oh, do a little tweak, Oh, do this, do that, you know. And it's not that I judge people that do. It's fine if that's going to make you feel more confident. If it's coming from a place of this is something I want to do and this is going to give me confidence. But I don't see that a lot of the times. I see my clients that do too much, too much work, too much injectables. They're still not confident. It didn't give them any confidence. And so what I would love for people to do is just looking at themselves like my I look beautiful. My skin is glowing. I have my health. I feel vibrant. And from that place is where you will look vibrant. I feel like the most gorgeous people in the room are the people that have wonderful confidence, right? Like you know who they are. They walk into the room and they look stunning because you're just like, I want what she's having. Like, what is she <laughs> having? And that is that type of vibrancy that comes from within that you cannot you cannot get. Now, that being said, um, there are things that you can do at home to increase the health and glow of your skin. And like I started earlier saying, even just massage manipulation. I mean, I think a lot of people understand, oh, if I feel stressed, if I feel... Um, Like I need something uplifting. I go for a body massage. But you can also do so much for your skin and the look of your skin by going in for facial massage and doing facial manipulation. It increases collagen. It increases the blood flow in your skin. And I work with plastic surgeons, uh, you know, in the aesthetic field. And a lot of the times what surgery does, right, is firm and tighten. But it doesn't give the skin that bounce and that yeah, right that gives your skin that youthful glow. So a lot of that also is how you take care of yourself on a daily basis, right? I, I want to say this is like the example of going to your trainer, right? And you only go once a week and then you're like, oh, I'm not seeing results, <laughs> Right. So it really is about starting young, like start your kids on this, right? Like Mickey, get your kids on a great hygiene routine. They will never think about it. Like my mother, I'll never forget. I went to sleepaway camp and I had my three-step skincare routine already. I was in the fourth grade. And I used to wake up five minutes before that morning bell went off to do my cleanse, my moisturization, and my SPF. And people were like, what is Sherry doing? Like, She's in fourth grade, like when I was nine years old. (laughs) It was so ingrained in me from such an early age that it never feels like a chore. So now it's like I would never go to bed without doing my skincare routine. I would never wake up without doing it because it's part of my hygiene ritual habits. And so create good habits early on um, and you will never feel like you're taking care of your skin or that it's a chore People ask me all the time, what do you do for your skin?
2: You know, and I go to, I, I, my title sponsor for my podcast is Sana Skin Studio. I'm obsessed with them. They are the first people to ever believe in me. Like they're my ride or dies. Like they're my road dogs. But I swear, like they could put whatever they want on my face. I'm like, I'm here for you to massage my face. Yes. The amount of relief that I feel when Gia (laughs) massages and she like whacks my face. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so good. It's so much release. But Full circle to say like the people who light up the brightest to your point are the people who have that confidence from within. And I think it is a full circle thing because when you have that true confidence and self love from within, you are better positioned to take better care of yourself, yeah. right? And then that breeds more confidence instead of a vicious cycle of neglect and lack of care and neg- and and self-hatred and then neglect and then self-hatred and neglect. You're doing the reverse. You're saying, I love myself. I take care of myself. And because I take care of myself, I love myself, and it's this like beautiful. It can be a really beautiful cycle rather than a vicious cycle,
3: and that's where the light comes from. And I think they work in tandem, hundred percent. And I love that you're going and getting your facial massage done by a professional. You're, yeah, that, that's like my goal. Like if she everyone can do that,
2: <laughs> she teaches me. You know, like so I learn things. You know, and I love talking to them because they teach me and I learn and I learn about the products. It's a really. A, beautiful, sacred space for me where I feel like I'm coming home. So yeah, it's part of my journey. They're part of my journey. I'm so excited, Shiri, that you have been able to come and share your knowledge and expertise, especially in this entrepreneurial space through the, through your skincare, right? Like through your business, through what you're doing, and that people can sit here and listen to our conversation, hopefully learn a thing or two, and hopefully we'll have helped some people or motivated some people to, you know, like kickstart their careers, kickstart that hobby of theirs that could they could turn into a money-making business.
3: Yeah, absolutely. The first thing that you need to do is just take the leap of faith. I mean, and it's not easy. It's not going to be easy. I'm not going to tell you it's easy, but it's worth it at the end. It's so satisfying. And if you love it, if you're yeah. in a niche right. that you love, that's right, it will never feel like work. I have to tell you what I did. I mean, yeah, I mean, we just had the craziest weather in Miami, right? Like just storms and flooding and yada, yada, yada. I was taking the trains to get to one of our clients in Palm Beach, the PGA National Spa for a sip and shop event. It took me two and a half hours to get there just because there were so many train delays. And then I did not get home. And I started, like I left the event a little after six. I did not get home till 1030 at night. My kids stayed up for me because they were like, we want mommy to tuck us in. And they gave me the biggest hugs coming into the house. And I hadn't, you know, I was exhausted. I just wanted to crawl into bed, but I was like coming home, getting those big delicious hugs and having them even wait up for me. And I know it's hard. We're burning a lot of ends to our short candlestick, but um, you know it is, it is worth it because you love what you do and you come home to a loving environment and it makes everything worth it.
2: Well, Sherry, thank you so much for your time. Where can our listeners find you?
3: They can find me on Instagram at Sherry Sarvati, and my brands they can find on 23skin.com and repishage.com. Awesome. All right, everybody,
2: check her out. Thank you so much for listening. And Sherry, thank you so much for your time today. I love to have a conversation.
1: Thank you, Nikki. I appreciate that. This podcast was brought to you by Sana Skin Studio. Be sure to use my code, the Glow, for $25 off of your first facial at Sana when booking via sanaskinstudio.com. More than a skin studio, Sana is a movement towards healthier skin and self-love. Thank you so much for listening to The Know. If you loved this episode, go ahead and share it with a friend. Words are so powerful and someone may need to hear what we covered today. And if you really loved this episode, please take a moment to rate the show and leave a review. Your comments are so important and valued, and they give other listeners insight on what to expect on the know. You can connect with me personally via Instagram at Nikki Sapp Spo and the know with Nikki Spo. My hope for you today is that you are fearless in looking inward so that you can be your highest, most authentic self and go after the life of your dreams.